Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. You're listening to a live play recording of your City Lies in Dust, an original role-playing chronicle using rules for Hunter the Reckoning, version 5, a tabletop role-playing game published by Renegade Game Studios. For more Adventures in Lollygagging, subscribe on YouTube, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash thelollygaggers, and follow us on Twitter at lollygaggersco. Thanks for listening. All right, hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Uh, we are playing Hunter the Reckoning tonight. Uh, we are starting up uh, our chronicle. Uh, we've done a session zero. Uh, since that session zero ended, we've added uh, another hunter. We've expanded the cell. Uh, so it's going to be very fun. Uh, Aaron and I have played several times in other games, different channels. But for the first time, we get Aaron on our channel. Uh, and I see a few a few recognizable faces. Uh, not faces, but names. I can't actually see them in the chat, but they're there. Uh, but how's everyone doing? Uh, but yeah, we're starting up. Uh, new game, new system. Session zero is all about just like world building, character creation and stuff. Now we get to butcher all the rules. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, we go from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where you, like, you study for a test and then you sit down to take the test. And everything you studied, it's just gone. And it's just like, how long before it comes back? And that's kind of where I am with the rules. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully someone knows how to play. Uh, so let's do some intros. Uh, let's introduce some characters. We did learn about three of them a little bit, but they've probably evolved since then, as people have probably made some tweaks and changes. Uh, so we'll learn a little bit about them. Uh, and then we'll dive in and we'll, we'll learn even more about them. Um but yeah, if you're unfamiliar with Hunter the Reckoning, set in the world of darkness, they're playing uh, normal mortal people who uh, happen to know about the supernatural. They don't know a whole lot about it, but they know the supernatural stuff exists. The specifics, like and how deep it goes, they're not sure. And they, uh, for for reasons, for their you know for whatever it is that uh, drives them, uh, they hunt and they uh, they try to to take these monsters down. And so we'll uh, we'll dive into our specific version of the world of darkness and where we're setting here shortly uh but we're gonna start uh with uh with long long tell us about your character alvin tau and alvin tau he's a martial truth seeker it's my concept i am 38 i pretty much a judo martial artist mastery at that my ambition is to elevate that mastery i've got a dojo that i've been running for a couple of years now of a small family, a wife and a kid. Um, let's see, pretty well-groomed, dark hair, eyes, casual formal wear. Actually went to college for- Oh yeah, where'd you go? You a sun devil? Yeah, I'm a sun devil. <laughs> okay. I have a BS in anatomy. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and, how how old did you say? Do we know about how old yeah, Alvin yeah, is? Yeah, he's 38. And he's got how old is his, how old is his kid? Uh, she's around eight now. Oh, I should almost switch us over to. We have a little map that we sort of we have our relationship map. It might not be easy to see as it's kind of going crazy. She's how old? Did you say she's eight? She's eight. So I had her when <sighs> I was thirty. Okay, I'll have to figure out some way to make her have 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 repercussions for having a family uh let's see <laughs> okay and so you and a, and you said that dojo so i remember the dojo did you do you have a name is was that the fists of harmony okay and d- isn't there a rival dojo that was the running idea but okay you didn't go with it? it yeah okay 
I thought we were going to go like Cobra Kai. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, we decided not to. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you do? What do you do like normal every day? Like when you're not hunting? Like, it, yeah, no, every day. The dojo is my job, so I pretty much have there teaching okay. like afternoon sessions, evening sessions. Okay. There are small classes. And then in the night, actually, there's a little something I do. I do like underground fighting. Keep that like under the down low. Okay. Underground fight. So you're like a, a you're you're in, you're literally in a fight club. Is what you're saying? <laughs> All right. That's our second fight club reference. <laughs> we don't talk about this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. We'll have to cut that off the stream. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Anything else you want to share? Uh, well, well, obviously we're going to, we're going to do more intros with them in, in scene and stuff, but, uh, anything else, any other little tidbits? Uh, that's about the service level there. Okay, perfect. Uh, so then next we're going to go over to Ashley and Elaine Graves. Ashley, tell us about Elaine Graves. My name's Elaine and uh, I'm a quiet spoken woman. Uh, I work from home. Uh, I have a degree in technology. I do basic troubleshooting for people, sometimes some hacking, but not often. Um, my ambition is to just kind of keep my neighborhood safe. It's a small, I live in a townhouse. My neighbor's Mr. Ponder. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a deer. Uh, he's constantly wandering over to my side of the house all the time. Uh, I'm 27, but I have uh, some resting bitch face a little bit, they could say. <laughs> uh, I got, she's got dark brown hair. Uh, it's kind of cut in a shag. Uh, okay. Usually I'm dressed just in business casual because she used to be corporate and then she started working oh, from home. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm writing this down. This is all very useful information. I wish I knew a week ago. Uh, I used to be, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, okay. Uh, you said uh, you went to uh, you went to you went to college as well. You have a degree in technology. I do. Are you yeah. are you a local? Are you a local Valley person, or are you, are you a transplant? Uh, I'm a transplant. I'm I'm okay. not from here normally. All right. How long have you been in the Valley? Uh, it's my third year in the Valley. Okay, only three years. Okay, so you're still pretty new. All right, third year. All right, fair enough. Sounds good. Uh, what else did I have for you? So you work from home. Uh, so do you do tech support like for a company or do you do, uh, or like what, expand that a little bit if you could? Uh, I do. I work for a company. Um, it's just like a small startup more than anything. Okay. So I make my own hours. I like to work overnight. Okay. Tech startup company. All right. All right. All right. We can probably dig into that later, figure out. A little more, a couple more details about that one. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, and so you've got, we've got your, has you got any, no family, right? Like you're just by yourself here. You're a loner. Yeah. They, uh, don't, I've, I moved down here after my grandma passed. Uh, oh, sorry. But, uh, my, my hairstylist, Violet actually moved down with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wait. she used to help, she used to help take care of my grandma. We're best friends. Oh, geez. Uh, Melissa, please add uh, complication to our, our audience totals. Uh, so we've got a bits for anything. Chuck has already rained some chaos on you all. So I get a complication <laughs> later on. 
<laughs> I won't do it now during character introductions. That would be a weird thing. Just oh, kidding. That hairstylist friend of you yours. You said you had a hairstylist. <laughs> Your Sorry. touchstone's dead. <laughs> She's gone. Try again. Uh, okay. All right. I think I got... Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. I only have like one visible scar that kind of worries people. It makes my cheek look really gone. Okay. All your scar- scars are emotional. Is that what it is? Uh, no, it's just all the other ones are under clothing. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll dive into some of those. You, t- you took a few interesting like edges and perks and stuff. We'll dive into that later. We'll dive into that. Okay. Later. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, well, how do you pronounce your, your, your character's name? And then tell us about them. Well, uh, Quixote Rust. And by the way, thanks for having me on the channel. Of course, really man. looking forward to this. Um, Quixote Rust, uh, that's what he's called. It's not his real name. He knows it's not his real name. He has no idea what his real name is. But, uh, but if you saw him walking down the street, he's an average size kid. Probably uh, around 20. You might think he's a street person, though. He uh, wears a pair of jeans, but they're more patches than denim. And a uh, old Baja sweater uh, under a Gore-Tex field jacket and a pair of uh, Doc Martin boots. Usually see him wandering the streets at night with his shaggy uh, brown hair muttering to himself. Never really looks up at anybody, but if he did, you'd see his eyes. Weird color of brown, almost the color of rust. If you see him during the day, he's wearing a pair of mirrored round shades, just like linen, uh, that he managed to steal on his first day out. If you spin the clock back a few years, he's sitting at his family dinner table. He's nine years old. And something, ghost, demon, something crawled down his throat and started wearing his body like a skin suit, slaughtered his whole family. Police came. They found the nine-year-old sitting in a pool of his family's blood. Needless to say, he found himself in FCI, Phoenix Correctional Institute. And he stayed there in the criminally insane ward growing up. Possessed. But every once in a while, whatever had its grips on him would let him go for a few days at a time. And he'd beg people to help him fight against this horror that had his soul. And that's when some of them started calling him Quixote because they said he was just tilted at windmills. Others, less favorable people, called him Rusty because of the shade of his eyes. That's the only name he's known since then. But a psychiatrist came along when he was 19, Dr. Freud, no relation. She recognized something else was going on. So she reached out to the vicar over at uh, St. Mary's Basilica. And he said they didn't do exorcisms, particularly on the criminally insane. Wasn't a good image for the church. But he uh, he got her in touch with a, a sister LeBlanc. Apparently, she used to work for some sketchy folks out of the Vatican. She came down, and yet, sure enough, she managed to pull whatever the hell was in him out. It raked most of his memories out of his soul as it was being torn out of his body. But she wasn't tough enough to kill it off. The sister and Dr. Freud managed to smuggle him out of the Correctional Institute. He's been on the street for about eight months now, fighting his private war against everything that's evil. He knows it's a war. He knows everybody else doesn't recognize it. But he was lucky enough to run across a few people that kind of did know. So uh, they're his squad in this guerrilla warfare. 
So with Sister LeBlanc, are you are you perp- is she in fact like Society of Saint Leopold? She was. She okay. was. She had seen enough stuff that uh, she kind of lost her nerve. But she's a good enough exorcist uh, that uh, you know they didn't take any extreme measures. They they keep her as a contact, and she's uh, she moved to Phoenix uh, because of increased activity in the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So she's she's. Kind of a former member, but still on in good standing or something like that. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. That's why she's a Fair three enough. point advantage contact for me. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. FCI St. Mary's Basilica. All right. You're giving me so many things that I, I probably would have asked questions about already. So I already have that. All right. Eight months on the street, which means the crew has been together probably less than that then since you're just been on the street. So you figure maybe six months or so, I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. You all can figure that out. That's for you all to decide, but that's our window now. It's the new window. Uh, and then finally, uh, we've got Melissa, uh, playing, uh, Maria Baum, uh, who, uh, I, I had a Dr. Baum as a statistics and uh, an algebra teacher when I was in high school. And I, that's who I associate that name with now. Uh, so um, tell us about Maria. Yes. So uh, Maria is a greedy inquisitive. So that's kind of the combination for her drive and creed. Um, so her day job, she is a plumber. Um, she is apparently the senior member of this group because she is 45. So she's the uh, elder statesman, so to speak, I suppose. Geriatric Um, over here. So so she has short reddish hair. Um, She's frequently, you know, kind of wearing work overalls, um, you know, kind of always looks kind of grungy, dirty, you know, definitely kind of under the nails, you know, kind of that like kind of never quite clean kind of a look. Um, She is a native to the Phoenix area. Um, so she was, um, raised by her aunt and uncle. Um, aunt has passed away. Uncle is old and in a facility at this point. Um, one of her touchstones is her younger sister, Evie, um, who kind of went the like financial services route. So she's, um, we are, Equally, I would say focused on money and acquisition of money. I think we're just going about it in uh, different directions. Okay, I got it. So you've got Evie, you've got aunt, aunt and uncle, aunt, aunt is deceased, uncle's in a facility, like retirement facility, or is he, uh, like, does he need special upkeep, or is it, is it yeah, just, okay. it's, it's definitely pricey, um, okay. like memory care kind of a thing. Um, okay. So that's why, like, he he's not a touchstone per se. Um, okay. So maybe like, so are, are we are we thinking like he's he's like a dementia patient or, or something yeah, like that? Probably. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and then she, uh, Maria, also has a mentor, Katya, mm-hmm. um, who is a journeyman hunter. Yeah, and I think we said like you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, that's she Valley Trade Supply, right? She runs like a trade supply, uh, some kind of not 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 a junkyard, but more like a like plumbing HVAC stuff supply store yeah. sometime downtown, yep. somewhere downtown. 
yep. somewhere where she can have like a big junkyard and kind of make yeah exactly kind of that and things like South that. Phoenix kind of industrial area. Oh, yeah. um, oh we're gonna know that area well by the time we're done. Uh, that, yeah. Okay. That we are. So yeah, right. she lives I, in kind of the family home, you know, kind of small bungalow, kind of downtown South Phoenix area. You don't do you, do you or do you not live with Evie? Is is are you two separate? No. Okay, good. Because yeah. I remember, didn't you also invest in like but something some special stuff with a safe house? Or is yes, that I just, do. Yes, okay. I have a safe house with an armory. Okay, good, 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 good. All right. So I think uh, I think that's it for. For characters, uh, I feel like I can stop. I should stop stalling, and uh, we should probably start up and do some things, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so hunt. let's hunt some stuff. Uh, you know, As they say, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where the rules get into play. It gets complicated. Uh, At least let right. me be inquisitive. At least. Of course, <laughs> of course. Please do. Uh, this is very much going to be driven by you. All right, so let me get a little music going here. I'm gonna set this. I'm gonna set a scene for us. Give us a little opening, and then, uh, then we're gonna yeah, we're gonna go from there. So let's we'll roll with this. Indulge me here for a moment uh, as we get a little music going. Make sure the music's going. All right, <clears throat> I like it because I can use all my spooky Delta Green music again. This is great. All right, I have so many, so many things ready to go. I'm gonna throw out some ice cream cream trucks. (laughs) Okay, all right, here we go. We're gonna start cinematically. Okay, we're gonna open on an aerial shot of Phoenix, nighttime. Uh, It's summertime as well. Tall downtown buildings. They're they're shining fairly bright in an otherwise dark sky. Towards the ground, we can see that the streets, the highways are imbued with like oranges and reds of street lamps and brake lights. We can see planes hurrying to land, some of them hurrying to take off, others getting taxied along the spread of Sky Harbor Airport. LED billboards are flickering along the interstates, advertising casinos and resorts, accident lawyers and check cashing venues, Powerball jackpots and political campaigns, mega churches, each each lie promising a, a different route to salvation. Off to the east, we can see the, the silhouette of the superstition mountains framing the valley. And as the camera starts to pan southward, we see a solid wall of dust from ground to sky. Lightning is, is ratcheting within it. It's cascading through the wall itself, and it's sweeping northward over Phoenix's suburbs and its sister cities, Gilbert, Mesa, Tempe, Scottsdale, your homes. The storm passes over Phoenix itself, construction sites and shopping malls, gated communities, industrial lots. It drifts westward towards retirement villages, agricultural communes, It's going to pass over these bone-dry nature preserves and a a nuclear-generating station way out west, and then eventually it diminishes en route to like Lake Havasu in California, but the damage is done. The aerial shot, we kind of shift back. Now we're over this darkened, dust-covered Phoenix. 
can hear these distant car and house alarms that are blaring, these first responder sirens that are crescendoing louder and louder as they drive past. Vehicles that were huddling beneath overpasses are starting to creep back out onto highways, honking and cursing at each other as they do. And then, as this is all happening, the lights that that brighten the city and the valley, well, they suddenly wink out, brown out, black out. One street and then a dozen more follow. One darkened neighborhood expands to a city quadrant. One quadrant grows into the city itself. Darkness permeates as the power grid strains under the heat, the dust storm, and the impatient populace of Phoenix Valley metro area that's so insistent on their toys. Power flickers, returns, dissipates again over and over. This happens throughout the night. Somewhere in this darkened, dust-covered valley are the four of you. Now, maybe you're together. Maybe you're separate and putting out personal fires. Maybe you're, you're so engrossed with more important tasks that you don't really notice how the valley so quickly and easily becomes panicked. So I'm going to ask you, where are you? You can be by yourself. You can be together. You can be with one other person. You can be with, with nobody. It doesn't matter. Where are you? And what are you doing as this dust storm rolls in and this blackout kind of follows on its tails? Where are you? Uh, we can go in order or I can, I, you know, I'll randomly pick somebody. Ashley, you're up. Where is so, Elaine? Uh, Elaine just finished her work day and she was at the gym when the storm hit. Uh, she had just finished her last set. She was working legs today when she ran out to her car really quick and she's going to start heading home because uh, she's worried because she's noticing the power is going out. Make sure that her neighbor's okay. Okay. You Now, you, you specifically uh, have mentioned how one of your, like your ambition is to keep your neighborhood safe, right? Yes. Yeah. How... So on your on your way home, you're driving in these streets. Though you can see the the traffic lights aren't working properly. They got that kind mm -hmm. of. Some of them are flashing as the light kind of comes back onto the grid and they need to leave. Others you can see kind of cop cars, highway you know highway traffic. They're trying to like pull and go. That's stop and go traffic here and there. People have lost all semblance of control. Some people just ju you know just just sort of plunge forward because they were there first. Others wait. You start noticing as you're as you're driving back. Do we know where Elaine lives? Whereabouts? It doesn't have to. Be, you don't have to get it perfect. Or you're just like, is it? You said it's townhouses, right? Are these nice? Is yeah. it a nice place? Uh, not. It's not the worst, but it's not yet middle class. It's kind of in between. Okay. So on your way, on your way back to your home, to check in on on Mister Ponder. You you notice um, in addition to like this. This log jam of traffic around one of the major intersections, major major cross streets. You notice that there's there's some looting being done in a nearby shop. Like, what, what's a shop nearby? Is there like a not not like grocery store, but like some some sort of shop? Is it an electrical? Is it like a like a computer shop? Is it? Uh... Yeah, there's like the local like fix it pawn shop. Okay, so you see a group of, we'll say, uh, you know, twenty somethings maybe. Uh, you can see them are like they're. They're taking what looks like 
you're not you're not like looks like waste baskets or like they've taken like those old newspaper containers and they're trying to like hurl it through the front door like the glass where they hadn't quite brought those like metal like the metal grids to close and protect it and just kind of hurl it through the the front door of this of this fixed pawn shop and you can see a group of these people just like crazily how many just dripping in uh we'll say four so uh, elaine will uh roll up and she'll open her door and kind of stand there and she's got her hand in her purse that's kind of tucked on her hip and she'll start yelling at him hey what the fuck you think you're doing and so you can see a couple of them plunge inside already but as you as you come up to the the side of the car you can see they both like there's two that sort of stay outside with you and like their heads sort of whip around and when you look at them like there's probably like a sense of not hesitation, but like it, you see something in their face that that doesn't quite seem right. Like their eyes are looking at you, but at the same time they're like looking past you. Like there's a, a twitchiness to their faces in some ways. You notice that their hands are kind of covered in in you think it's blood. You you don't you're not sure where it's coming from here and there, um, and you can see that they. Like they, it's like they've already been through one scruff in the last, you know, recently. Like there's like smears here and there, and like they kind of like step towards you a little bit, like their heads just twitching ever so slightly, tweaking a little bit, and they start mm-hmm. moving towards you now. What yeah. Would you like to do? Uh, pull out a gun. Okay. Pull out a gun, and you notice that. Do you have a gun? Uh, well, because doesn't it say like possessions? It's kind of like generic. You okay, have, you can have a gun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's Arizona. It's, it's Arizona. Yeah, I yeah, have, a, have gun. a gun. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, you have a gun. Uh, you pull out a gun, and you it doesn't seem to phase them. They just continue to just sort of lumber in your direction, and you can see that they've got these like the, the, you can tell that they're you can tell they're on something. Is what's happening? Like you can see that they are they are on something clearly. One of them, their 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 wrist, their hand is dripping. Uh, the other is just sort of moving towards you. Uh, they don't really seem to be kind of scared away by the sign of this gun. What do you want to do? God, they're not man. quite on you. They like you're, you're like they're not quite on you. Like you, yeah. you can easily get in the car and drive away. You could fire and then you can do whatever you like. No, she doesn't want to kill anybody, but. Uh, Elaine will probably do she'll get back in her car and uh, she'll be like god damn it fucking these kids and then she'll get in her car and she'll call the cops okay and, uh, so you get okay make you get on you get on your cell phone you go to call and like you get 911 kind of kicks in mm-hmm. and, like you can you can hear it kind of going through the process then it kind of cuts out cert, like all all you know servers are busy type of deal going on mm-hmm. it's like it's like mm-hmm. like they're they're rerouting like someone someone catches and, and it's a little bit longer wait than you intended but eventually like you're able to sort of convey like what's happening where it's happening but as you're driving away you just hear something crash and you look back and like one of them has thrown and there's like this crack in the back windshield of your car where they've just thrown some you know some some brick or chunk of concrete that's on the ground in your direction and then as you're watching in the window they just start to run uh, back into the pawn shop with you being gone. Okay. All right. 
My car's Next. a beater anyways. <laughs> it's even worse now. <laughs> uh, Maria, where are you? So Maria um, has kind of an old, like, historic home in, like, kind of South Phoenix area. It's got, like, a detached garage in the back. So she's a native to the area. She, you know, kind of gets the whole monsoon scene. So kind of what you see in her in the garage is that she's got, like, her phone out, and she is, like, actively watching the radar. She's -hmm. got the radio on that's getting like the updated like news and weather updates she's got her cat Annie on her lap and she is like tinkering okay what are you tinkering um, what are you tinkering with is there a project you've been working on recently yeah so she um, one of the perks for her is that she is a drone jockey so okay. that's what she's tinkering with. Is You're tinkering with a drone. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's already functional. Are you trying to add like new functionality to it or something like that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say um, I was thinking it kind of got damaged. And so I'm kind of bringing it back online. So since you have access to to radar, you notice that the there's like a like this big sweeping green mass has it's kind of spread west beyond Buckeye. Uh, towards what's it called Tonopah? Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Where the mm-hmm. you can see it's kind of passing over where the generating station is. You can you can see that there's another looks like there's another range. It's kind of closing. It's smaller. The band itself coming from the southeast. It's probably gonna sort of be a nice like ripple effect that happens a little while later. Um, you're hearing updates about certain communities are without power. Others have power. Uh, here and there, there's there's reminders. Obviously, you know, just stay if you're at home, just stay at home. Everything will be fine. Uh, if you're if you're not at home, drive carefully. You know, please drive somewhere safe. Uh, if the, you know if the dust comes, the storm comes yeah, back. Pull off the side of the road. Pull off the side of the road. That kind of thing. You're getting all those pretty standard stuff. Uh, seems to be happening for you. No issues. Okay. Uh, that's fine. Next up, we'll say uh, Kyote. What are what's Kyote doing? Oh, you're muted, Aaron. Kyote spent the day on the uh, on campus. Uh, he snuck into Taylor Place uh, in the morning while people while the kids were leaving for class. Ate some leftover pizzas that were left in the common area and racked out on one of the couches. Then as, as night started to fall, it was time to hunt. So he made his way out, pulled his hood up, made his way over towards Hayden Library. And you see him, he sits down, drops a sign down next to him that says, please spare some change, puts a cup out. And he pulls out his, his beat up war journal, takes the rubber band off it, opens it. And you see a, a sketch of, of one of the librarians. And next to it, it says uh, Quizzling with a question mark. He's like, he's just waiting, watching, so he can wait till this librarian comes out so he can follow them. Or he hopes that he gets jumped either so he can make some money off of one of the people who don't realize we're in the middle of a war, or even better yet, get jumped by one of the monsters so he can get a little bit of vengeance. 
So you're outside Hayden's library. Oh gosh, I know exactly where you're at. Uh, you're outside Hayden's library. You're on the steps underneath the underhang. There's still some wind kind of you know flying around. Like there's occasional droplets of water that are coming with this, but mostly it's just it's just dirt being thrown around. You can see the the windows uh, and the the front glass of Hayden's library is like kind of coated in this bit of dust. And you can see that inside the library, the lights flicker off, and all you see, all you see through there is like the emergency lights that kind of kick on. Uh, you know that some of the buildings on campus have their own sort of separate generators. It sort of depends on on which uh, <laughs> on which building you're in, but you can see the lights kind of come on, and you probably can vaguely hear the sounds of like you know people talking on the inside and. After a little while, you notice that there's like a parade of people that are leaving, and some of them are complaining, like this is ridiculous. I, you know, I've, uh, I got exams next week. I, this, I got, you know, are you kidding? Like I know it's summer, but this is ridiculous. And you get the sense that the library uh, is 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 closing down. Like they're 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 closing down just simply because the lights itself. You look across campus and you can see that that's happening. Like there's there's it's it's summertime. On ASU, so there's not as high a, a population as as other parts of the year, but there's still a, a scattered few few folks around. Um, you can see it looks like there's utility people and like golf carts zooming around, kind of left and right. No one's really paying too much mind to you. Like panhandling on the on the steps of Hayden's of Hayden's library probably would would, would get a you know get a, a shoe pretty quickly, but in this this situation you're kind of left to your own devices uh and then finally we're going to kick it over to alvin alvin where are you during all of this i'm in my small home north of downtown phoenix my daughter's on the dining room table doing her usual drawings i'm on the stove stirring this risotto i started i've got peas being added to it okay I'm on the phone with my wife. She's a bit late. She's calling me about a dust storm that's being hit, hitting her. She says, uh, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm pulled over. I'm on the side of the road. I, I'm in the underpass, and I. And now no one. No one's nice. Everyone just like no one's letting anyone go. Like if everyone just took their turn, we'd all get out of here. But no, no, everyone's just got to try to cut in front. So I don't know when I'm gonna get home." I'm not gonna know. It's gonna be a while still, though. I can, I can just, I can see the brake lights. There's got to be an accident up there. Some idiot probably didn't didn't pull off the side of the road, and who knows? It's fine. Just come whenever it's safe. Okay, 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 okay. How's Celie? Oh, she's doing fine. She's asking where you are. But you can hold up. Uh, what is Celie drawing? Uh, she likes to draw. Um, these monsters and it's pretty much me protecting her okay what kind of monsters just like blobs undescribable un- no real figure thank you <laughs> that's ammunition for later okay so yeah you see her yeah you see her she's she's, she's drawing she kind of stares up at you she you know occasionally she's like daddy where's mom like that kind of thing over and over again okay so I'm gonna kick back to Quixote for a moment. Quixote, the, the the swarm of people are leaving. 
And finally, you see the librarian kind of step out. Would you say that Kyoti probably it would, it would be fair that Kyoti has like some sort of cheap, like over the counter burner or something like that? Oh yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so right as you're kind of getting up to to follow, you feel the vibration in your pocket go off. You feel the phone kind of. <clears throat> worse he looks timing. at. He looks at the librarian. He's like. <clears throat> Yes. You hear a voice, familiar voice, on uh, on the other end. Um, you hear, "This is what I get. This is this is this is this is what I get for poking my nose into things. This is what I get." And you and you hear the sound of someone like out of breath. You look at the at the phone display. You know, even a flip phone. You maybe you recognize the number. It's your your fr- it's your contact, Brock Davies, over at a homeless shelter downtown Phoenix somewhere. And he's you can you can tell he's out of breath. You can you can tell that he's 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 running. You can you can you can hear kind of footsteps, heavy breathing, and he's kind of panicking. I tried that one. No one answered. I tried that one. I tried. So it was attacking. It was attacking Shelby. I saw it was attacking Shelby. It was attacking Shelby. It was moving. I don't know what it was. It it, it wasn't human. It moved too fast. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done anything. Why? Why did I do this? I should just stay at this shelter. Why did I? Why did I get involved? Why did I get involved? And you can tell, like, they're hyperventilating to the point of like panic. Uh, how? Uh, tell us about Brock. What do you? What, what can you tell us about Brock? Do you know? Uh, Brock is the most compassionate man you can imagine. Uh, he 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 grew up uh, in a loving, supportive family. Um, he got a degree in the humanities and he decided that he needed to give something back. And so he started teaching uh, at the homeless shelter and he, he's become the manager there. Um, okay. He is almost incapable of a violent thought. It's just completely antithesis to, to his nature. But he's a, he's a good looking guy. He's a big guy. You wouldn't expect it from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like a football player, but... He literally would not hurt a fly. Okay. And so you hear him. You hear him kind of panicking, hyperventilating. You hear him running. You, he, this is what I get. This is what I get. He mentions a name. He said, it was attacking. It was attacking Shelby. It was attacking Shelby. I tried to help her. But then it, it just moved too fast. It just moved fast. It was there. And then it wasn't. And then... And then the eyes, the eyes, something, something, something's not right. Why, why is, why is, no, why is nobody answering? Why is nobody answering? Rock, Rock. Who, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Rock, this, it's, it's Quixote. You, you don't, you need to go to a public place. Go to the Starbucks on the corner. Starbucks. Go there Starbucks. now. Starbucks, okay, okay, okay. The eyes, the eyes are not right. The eyes, just they weren't right. Doesn't matter. Just go there. Okay. I'll be there. Okay, okay. wait. And then you hear in the you hear a sound, Kyote, like behind. Oh, what was that? No, it's there. How is she? It's, it's behind me. It's, it's my. And then you hear him say, like, the last thing he says. He says, "Tell my family." And then you hear something crash, and the phone goes dead. 
Kyoti takes off at a dead sprint. I mean, just shoulder checks this librarian out of the way. Uh, he doesn't know how to drive. He has no car. He has no money. So he's running full out, mm. and he dials Maria. Pick up, Maria, pick up, pick up. Maria, you're tinkering. Your yeah, phone goes but she, off. She is always looking at the radar whenever a storm comes through. She wants to know exactly where it is. So the phone is right there. Um, and she's sort of annoyed because now she, she can't watch the radar, but she's going to pick it up. Yeah, Maria. what's up? It's rust. You need to move. Get everyone. You need to meet me. Downtown, a third street homeless shelter. Okay. Uh, what's going on? I don't know. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll get everybody. I'll see you there. Um, I'm probably about 10 minutes away. How about you? I'm, I'm at the campus. I'm running. All right. I will get everybody. And so she'll hang up pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, who you call next? Maria. Or Maria, I mean, it was probably probably be you. I think we'd be calling people. You said get everyone together. Yeah, you, who exactly. do you call? Yep. So I will call Elaine. Okay. Elaine, you're you're stepping, you know, you're you're probably on the you know, somewhere in your you're you're on the doorstep of your townhouse. Uh, got home. You're looking maybe you're looking at now the damage on the back windshield of your car at this point. It's worse than you thought. You're going to have to get some safe light repair. Safe I pulled it in. <laughs> I pulled it in backwards so like okay. it's towards my garage. You see that like the vegetation that you had you know in the front yard whether it's trees or bushes has all been just just sort of torn up. It's coated doesn't like whatever greenery there was it's kind of not really there. It's dry season anyway so a lot of things mm-hmm. are dying. Um, do you check on Mr. Ponder first before you go into your own house? Yeah, and so Elaine, because it's, I imagine that it's got, it's kind of like, I used to live in like a townhouse, so okay. it's, it looks like one house that's just kind of split in two, mm-hmm. and the two front doors are right next to each other, so she'll yeah. just kind of step on over and knock on his door. Yeah, it's like a fancy duplex, yeah. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you knock on the door. Um, door opens after some delay. You hear like something fall on the inside like 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 yeah. you could tell he's struggling a little bit uh what 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 can you tell me about mr ponder so i know how to play him uh what uh, what, uh, what what detail like how how i know you said you're you checking in on him he doesn't seem he's not always there he's so t- tell me about him mr ponder means a lot to elaine because he reminds her a lot of her grandma um he's suffering from dementia and he his family isn't really there for him so he's in the early stages, but it's rapidly accelerating. So, like, Elaine took his car keys because he shouldn't be driving. Okay. And, um, but he's he's a sweet old man. Um, maybe, like, yeah. Uh, so you hear from the other side something slam, and then you hear, like, he, you know, a curse. It's like, ah, yeah. and he gets to the door, and he's like, who is it? It's Elaine. Mr. Ponder, are you all right? Elaine. And he opens the door and you can see he's got like a little little blemish up on his forehead. It's not a, not a full on cut, but you can tell he's got like a welt. Mm-hmm. And you look behind and you can see that the trash can, like just a few feet in, like off to the right where the kind of the cutoff goes into the kitchen. It's kind of knocked over. There's trash spilt all into the ground. You can see... 
you know, what looks like like old yogurt cups and things like that that have just mm-hmm. spilled out. And he's like, why did you do that? Uh, don't scare an old man. Oh, I'm so What's sorry. You? Did your you power know, your powers out too? I can't see a thing. I can't find my I can't find my flashlights. Yeah, give me, let help? me go. Let me go uh, get mine. And so Elaine will run out to her car and she'll grab a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And then um, as you're out by the car, you mm-hmm. feel your phone go off. You see, look, and I mean, Maria, was that, mm-hmm. is that how you have her on your phone? Just Maria? Or is there any special, uh, special way you keep it? Okay, so M. You see M go off, pops up on the screen. And, and she'll pick it up as she's, like, digging in her car to get, like, because she's got, like, a crate in her back in her trunk. Sure. And she's digging through. And, What's up? Uh, Russ just called. We, we got to get over to the homeless shelter right away. All right, let me let me just get Ponder put away. I need to get him some lights. Power I, you hear I keep telling you, you that, gotta you find hear him yell. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Give me. All right, I'll be right there. And, yeah, and Elaine doesn't even wait. She just hangs up and she goes. Okay. You go back up and you can see he's he's like, oh, Elaine, when did you get here? Uh, what okay. happened? I, I I I I paid the bill. I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's uh, it's monsoon season. Power's out. Whole. It's not just you. It's me too. It's why okay. we Why don't we get you settled upstairs? I'll, I'll, I got a flashlight and some electric candles in my okay. in my apartment. I or my house. I'll go grab them. You're such You're such a sweetheart. You're such of a course. sweetheart. Uh, uh, I should have had my own children. Did he have children? I don't know. He did, but they're pieces of shit. Okay. Yeah. So he probably says then, better than my own children. He just kind of like pats yeah. you, like kinda, you kind of like the hand kind of comes out a little shaky and kind of onto your hand. Very, very tender, very nice man. And you go and you, you kind of you you sort of hurry to get him settled, but at the same time make sure I'm you making don't, sure, yeah, right. You don't cut any yeah. corners. And so then I the got phone, like an ice pack, yeah, yeah. You get every you get everything taken mm-hmm. care of, and he's just sort of talks about this and that and like he's like what and every now and then he's like the power's out that's, that's yeah. strange and she just kind of um, tucks him in okay um then Alvin your phone goes off do you have uh Maria in your phone any special sort of way the plumber <laughs> okay all right <laughs> plumber sure. plumber pops up you're you're there you've got your risotto you've been stirring it for a while it's ready it looks good your wife's not home Celie's still there legs kind of swinging got a candle set up on the on the dining table to give some light but your wife's not here and the plumber is on the phone what do you do uh i'll step out of the room pick it up what is it okay uh, Russ just called. We've got to get over to the homeless shelter right away. In the middle of this baboon? 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 You know, the work we do doesn't wait for the weather to pass. I'm not thrilled about it either, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Coming? Better be worth it. I'll just hang up. I'll go to my daughter. Give her the rundown. Mom's going to be home any moment now. Just stay here. Don't answer the door. I'll be back. Okay, Daddy. 
<laughs> she sort of looks up at you like and she's she's drawing away like it's like those these big dark scribbles like where she's just wearing down like the crayola blacks and the dark blues and stuff just really getting in there and there's just all these amoebic like shadows moving about you got like a picture of you your wife her there's like a nice big bright sun, but then there's these hulking shadows that are like peeking out from behind trees in your She's house. Like, it's okay, Daddy. I'm never alone. <laughs> <laughs> you can trust me, Daddy. Okay. And so you leave your eight-year-old daughter alone. Uh, okay. Yeah. Make sure you eat your peas. I get my motorbike and I'll drive now. Okay. So you leave. All right. Leaves. <laughs> daughter alone. Storyteller will remember this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all of you then get in your various vehicles. Does anyone actually go and pick Coyote up? Does anyone go pick up Rust? Because Rust is closest. Yeah. So I'll, I'll okay. grab him. All right. So we don't have to play all that out. We can just say phone calls happen. Uh, streets are you know exchange you know exchange and, and I like and to imagine he's actually running down the street when oh yes yeah, just right down the street <laughs> and I just yeah. like pull off to the side okay oh, Elaine thank you yeah of <sighs> course what's happening I a friend of mine Brock runs the shelter I, I stay at sometimes he something attacked him are we sure it's a something or a someone? There were these kids tweaked out, breaking into a shop. I'm not. He was screaming home. that the thing was moving faster than anything could move, and that it would attack in somebody named Shelby. I don't. I don't know. He's not one to panic. I mean, he runs a homeless shelter for God's sake. Something had him spooked, and it, whatever it was, sounds like it hit him. Okay. Where? Where? Where, where was he at? At I the shelter? I, still, you're it, running. He, he was. He was moving. I. Shelter's the first place I could think to start. I I don't know where he was at. It's probably best. Okay, let's let's head on and 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 she'll drive a little safely but faster. Okay, so everyone, uh, so we've got three different vehicles moving through various places, various smaller towns, and yeah, the rolling blackouts are kind of still happening. And sometimes you'll pass by a place where the lights, like the street lights are back on. You get the flashing reds. Other times you pass by, it's a completely dark street. A couple other times you see like, you know, a couple fights break out here and there. You see what looks like a, a someone, you know, rear-ended somebody else. Uh, you can see a few, few folks are kind of broke down on the side of the road. Some of you maybe take the highways. Some of you take surface streets, which you kind of work this way and that um, if you listen to the radio like this is expected to pass like 11pm and it's you're looking at the clock and it's like you know 8.30 so you got a couple more hours where like the estimates from the different power stations like APS Salt River Project are all kind of throwing out these different numbers here and there you can see other folks who you know other homes you know, periodically here and there that still have lights on that kind of help probably people with solar or something like that or private generators and things that are kind of keeping on. Uh, but eventually all of you make it. Uh, and we'll say maybe, uh, I was thinking like maybe Central City area, which is like uh, like dead center Phoenix, Southeast Phoenix, something like that. Southeast of like the stack and the highway stuff gives us the industrial area. And probably there's a there's a, there's a handful of shelters down there too that we can kind of, kind of crib it after. Um 
Would we say that is the homeless shelter? Is it like independent? Is it sort of uh, church affiliated or anything? Yeah, uh, it's it's independent, completely okay. independent. All right. So you head up, and you can see that there's you know, they've they've got generators, so you can see that they've got you know there's lights going on here and there, and there's uh, and there's some folks um, outside uh, that are smoking. You know, they kind of got cigarettes. They're kind of smoking as as you know, you all kind of show up. We'll say just for ease, relatively the same time. Uh, maybe Elaine, Kyote, you, you show up last because you had to take the extra trip. But already Alvin and Maria are there, uh, and you can see that yeah, outside in the in sort of the, this sort of parking area, there's we'll say half a dozen people kind of smoking around. It looks like most of them are, are likely staying here. Um, maybe one or two volunteers as well. You look inside, uh, and you can see that there's lights on. It's warm. Uh, it, it, while there's, you know, while there certainly is power, like the HVAC has suffered, so it's definitely warm inside. There's fans that are going here, and everyone's got the windows open. They're trying to do whatever they can to kind of get the, to get this place cooled down. But that's one of the first things that all of you notice, aside from these people, when you go, and it's just like the heat just, just hits you, like as you as you step out and step inside, and there's a smell as well. Like you can tell that they were cooking, and they're trying their best to kind of keep things. You know, keep things fresh. Um, we'll say there's about maybe four volunteers or workers that seem to be milling about. Kyote, uh, as you look around, you do not notice Brock anywhere. Uh, but you likely probably notice someone else you recognize for sure. I'll walk up to one of the other volunteers because, I mean, one of the things about Kyote is, is he doesn't drink and he doesn't do drugs. So he's always sober when he's there and he always pitches in to help out and he's clean. Uh, he's kind of paranoid about being dirty after spending so many, almost a decade in a, in the criminally insane, uh, hospital. So, uh, so he actually gets along pretty well with the other volunteers because they don't have, they never have to manage him. Mm-hmm. So he walks up to, uh, to, to one of the women that he recognizes a volunteer. He's like, I'm sorry, but, uh, I'm looking for Brock or, or Shelby. Um, have you seen have you seen Brock recently? So so we'll say uh Lindsay we'll say her name's she's like uh she kind of looks down at you and you, you you can see she's she's got like what looks like a big old pot in her hands like they were like this was all kind of hit during like kind of a dinner hour or something like that and she's moving some things around sweat matting her hair and she says no uh no I haven't seen Brock for a no he was here earlier today and then uh, he left. Uh, yeah, he left like I don't know five or so. Um, uh, Shelby, Shelby. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did mention something. Yeah, about Shelby. She'll, so she'll explain. Like, yeah, he's, she. She's run of all regulars. She's the um, the helicopter pilot. You know, the the one who's got the the coat. The, the she was in the Air Force or something. You know. Anyway, uh, yeah, he he was saying how uh, you know she hadn't he hadn't seen her for a while, and he 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 was gonna go look for her or something. He was getting worried. Uh, I don't know. Uh, one of her one of her family members showed up asking about her or something. It was uh, I don't know five five thirty. It was before all this happened. Uh, yeah, he he called me to help him out. Uh. I was out looking for, her, uh, but because of the storm and everything, it cut out. Do you do you know where she normally uh, 
has her box or where she st- stays during the night when she's not here? Uh, no, I, uh, I don't. Uh, and she kind of looks around and she's sort of looking at all these. I mean, can ask around maybe. I mean, they would know better than me if she's not here. I mean, I, I don't know everyone yet. Uh, you know, we got our regulars. We got our, you know, those who come by every now and then, but. No, I, I don't. I don't know for sure. Uh, some folks outside, they might know. Uh, there's a group over by the, yeah, over by the table. She kind of points to a table. There's a handful of folks that are still kind of there. A few of them are, are eating. One of them's looks like they're kind of taking their heads down on the table and they're sleeping a bit. Um, there's a cot laid out where it looks like someone's kind of laying down, reading like a really worn old book. Uh, ask around, maybe. I I don't know. They're, they're, they're not always free with information. Ah, thanks, Lindsay. I I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No problem. No problem. And uh, Russ turns to the others. Like, did did you catch that? We need to spread out and see if we can't find where the Shelby person normally bivouacs. All right, I got it. Okay. And you would also know he probably has a he also probably has an office as well. Like you would probably say he has like a there's an office area too. I can make my way back towards his office. I mean, I, I know the layout of the place. I'll take a look and see if he's got anything there. Okay. We just need to try to make this quick. Okay, so Kyoti heads towards the office. What do the three of you do? What do you guys want to do? Uh before Kyoti goes back to the office, uh Maria will ask, do you do you want me to take my van and drive around for a bit, or do you think we should talk to folks here? I, I, I I'm going to be honest with you, Maria. I don't, I don't. I still don't know the city that well. I, I couldn't. I had no. I, I had no idea where he was calling from. I don't. It's up to you. I'm, Could have been too far away by then. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't know. All right. Well, we've got it if we need it, and so she'll go in a different direction than he went to chat okay. with somebody. Well, he's going back into the office. So do you want to go chat with somebody? Is that what you're looking to do? So yeah, there's basically like, there's a group inside and there's a group outside. We'll just call it that. Like there's an outside group and inside group. Mm -hmm. Uh, So is there one particular you want to go towards? Um, You can tell that the ones outside, they all kind of were huddling around. Each of them were sort of smoking here and there. And then the ones in the inside, like they seem a little quieter. Uh, So like there's like a louder, louder bunch outside, quieter bunch inside are kind of your choices. I'll go to the bunch outside. Elaine, were you going to say something? Uh, Elaine would probably go with you because she's got some cigarettes she can barter. Okay. Yeah, thinking the same thing. All right. Uh, Alvin, what would you like to do? Yeah, I think I'll just help out the people that are trying to take shelter from the storm here. Just try to chat them up, see if they... Okay, the ones on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, why don't we dive into a couple rolls and we'll see... You know how uh, how everyone kind of does on some things here. So uh, Elaine and Maria will say you're together outside, so one can in- assist the other. Um, so for for this game, D10 dice pool, you're combining attributes and skills. In this case, uh, it would either be, and it depends on your approach. You tell me what approach you're taking. So charisma, manipulation, charisma, if it's just sort of your natural, you know, if you're, if you're being nice, you're trying to be charming, etc. Manipulation, if you're trying to like, you know, I mean, maybe if the fact that you're using the cigarettes to bribe or something like that, that might be manipulation. So it's kind of up to you. Uh, and then skill wise, it could be, you know, anything from persuasion, 
to etiquette, maybe, uh, or uh, if you want to get mean about it, intimidation. So those are a couple things you can choose from. So think about that in terms of your approach. And that's the same thing for you too, Alvin. Uh, so, but I would say for Elaine, Maria, only one of you would probably make the role, and the other can probably assist. Okay. So one thing that I have, um, so I have a specialty within yeah. persuasion that is nonstop BS. That's okay. The, uh, okay. So if we think so what that would come so does that mean play, like you're? Does that mean like, like you're a bullshitter? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Because yes. you're a contractor. Is that what it is? Because you're a yep. plumber. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that would apply here? Do you think? Uh, I mean, are are you trying to bullshit these people? I don't know. You tell me. Well, thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily. So that's why I was just like, I have it. I have this right. as a specialty. If it comes into play or not, um, but persuasion. So we could do it one of two ways. Uh, like we like this is our first roll, so we can kind of establish this now. Do we want to roll and then role play based on result? Or do you want to role play and then I'll call for a role based upon your role play? I like knowing idea. what the result is so that we can either be yeah, so good can... or bad with the role. Yeah, I'm cool yeah, either we'll way. Play about yeah. it. All right. So you just tell me, are you are you looking to try to just be charming and nice? Are you looking to try to kind of bribe them? You know, so like that kind of determine, I think that'll, that'll determine manipulation. Yeah. Or I think we both, <laughs> we're both reaching for our packs of cigarettes, I think. <laughs> so okay, I so was mi- doing it more so as like this sense of like, we've probably spoken to homeless people before. Cause like I had this guy when I was working at the grocery store, every mm-hmm. time he came up to you, he asked for a cig and like, it was just kind of like polite at that point. Like to just give okay. You know how I am. You can tell me what you want to roll. And as long as you can justify it, I say yes. So yeah. if, if you, if, if, if you think, if you think one approach is better than the other. So to me, just tell like me, do you want charisma you... persuasion? Maybe. Okay. That sounds great. Oh. Uh, so one of you can roll it, uh, but the other will say can assist it because you probably do. You both have a skill point in persuasion. Uh, I have one in persuasion and I have two in charisma. Okay, I, I've got two in charisma and three in persuasion. So, so it sounds rolling. like Maria should be rolling <laughs> and then take and take an extra die from from Elaine for your for your uh, like your teamwork here as the two of you go out bribing with cigarettes. Okay, so for this, uh, in terms of difficulty, I would have probably set it pretty low. I probably just said pretty straightforward. I would say so. Two two successes probably. Uh, it was just what you have. You no problem. You have three successes. three successes. Yep. Okay. All right. So walk me through. Like, what is it? What does it sound like? Is the two of you uh, try to convince this somewhat kind of rowdy group of people out front uh, to give you some information? Maybe we would like go to opposite ends of like the group uh so you know we kind of split and maria will start talking to some people and elaine will start talking to some people on the other end so it kind of quiets things down a little bit because we're pulling attention away from each other Hmm. and probably uh, start with the obvious like hell of a storm (laughs) basic like it is what just happened yeah they look up at you and they're like uh yeah hell of a storm uh Sure. Sure. It's uh, died down a little bit now, though. But uh, hey, monsoon season. It's, you know, it's a dry heat. Uh. <laughs> if I hear another person say it's a dry heat, <laughs> I'm going to put uh, my cigarette out in their face. Elaine's approach is a little different. She'll be more in like, hey, so uh, I don't I don't mean to waste your time. So I just 
was hoping some of you guys could tell me where Shelby likes to shack up when she's not over here. I guess Brock went looking for her, and now we can't find him either. Okay. So one of them like, kind of takes a cigarette, and they kind of, you could tell they, they exchange people. Once you mention that, once you mention Shelby, you mention this, they, they kind of exchange glances a little bit. They seem a little nervous. Uh, as you're, you know, you're asking these questions and you offer the, you know, you offer the cigarettes that mm-hmm. might kind of ease a little bit. And, uh, Shelby, huh? Yeah. Yeah. She used to be around here a lot. You know, it's been a few weeks though. I haven't seen her and, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of familiar faces haven't, uh, haven't been turning up here lately. You would think, you know, with the... With storm season coming in, now's the time where we would see them more frequently, but uh, no, they just, uh, they just been missing. I mean, some of them, Shelby wasn't even that old. Yeah, I don't think she was sick. She would probably kick all of our asses. Yeah, I mean, there's a few yeah. other places they go to. It's the, you know, but uh, it's been a few, it's been a few. And so they start kind of going through a couple different places. They're like, yeah, you know, uh, there's the railway, you know, she can get the hub in there. That's uh, off east, uh, off 19th. There's um, oh, Greenwood across the 17. There's a few, few of the mausoleums. The doors are very easy to open. And then, you know, the trees are big enough that you can get plenty of shelves between them and sometimes the fresh air is nice if you don't mind the company they kind of get this like grim laughter and then uh, there's that uh, that uh, that one over by the, the sewer place uh, you know off uh, by the stack uh, Sunside yeah yeah they're out of business hold hold damn hold damn buildings you know fair game That's all I know, where she might be. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Did you guys see Brock at all today? No, I just got here about an hour ago. Uh, And a couple of them were like, yeah, yeah, I've been here. I've been, you know, I've been here since lunch, you know. Yeah, I saw him this morning. You know, you get a couple different answers because there's a group of people. Uh Yeah. Yeah. You know how he is. Hot on his sleeve, wants to save everybody here and there. He was asking questions about her too, you know. So, yeah, what apparently. was he asking about? Well, where she was. Same stuff, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently, uh, and they kind of look, and you see a couple people are kind of like shaking their heads, like, you know. I mean, we get you know, it's like a war out there, you know. We're getting you know, people beating us up left and right, you know. See a few people I haven't seen for weeks. I see them. They got cuts in the faces. They got a, you know, black, you know, eyes swollen up as big as can be. You know, they're attacking is, us, man. Is like, there? We ain't got spot? nothing, and they're robbing us. And you just, mm. They're starting to get mad. You can see like the, yeah. the anger is kind of starting to course through it. Uh, is it? Is there a spot where you guys avoid now because it's not really safe? Because Brock was, Brock was in danger when he called. Maybe. It sounded like. The whole damn place, you know, all this stuff. But what the hell's going on around here? It's like the cops don't even freaking care anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know why everyone's New Yorker, but we're just going to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Transplants. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Uh, let's kick it over to Alvin. Alvin, did you sort out what you want to roll as you talk to these people inside? And again, these all look tired. Like they're like you know, some of them are eating, some of them are kind of resting. Is there is there a roll that you want to want to try to do here? Oh, uh, I, mean, I have leadership. If there's like any like weird chaos or troubling situations happening, I can try to get the situation under control. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything's really broken out. This is more probably just like social you know charisma manipulation something like that i don't think leadership really applies here okay if you got something like persuasion maybe or etiquette maybe even i am not much of a social dude so i might just touch them with rust then okay sorry so we'll say yeah we could we we haven't done kyote's part okay so yeah you follow we'll say you follow kyote into the uh uh, into the office uh no one really i mean i would say they probably know you around here rust so is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, they probably don't really uh, kind of bat an eye, and they seem really busy, kind of, kind of moving around. No one really, and that maybe, maybe even Brock has like an open door policy or something. Um, yeah, and I, and I help out a lot. I mean, when I, sure. when when Coyote's here, he's always helping out. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you go in, and you can see it, the office is just it's. You know, it's organized, but you can definitely tell it's smaller than it should be. Uh, there's a lot more material in here than he really has room for. A couple filing cabinets and such. You can see that there's shells stacked up. Uh, likely probably keeping track of people, uh, both those who work or volunteer, but also those, you know, keeping track of those in the street. Uh you can see that there's like, you know, bulletin board, calendar, different events, you know, charity venues, things like that. Um, you can tell that, you know, he's got computer, definitely not new. <laughs> it's definitely several years out of date. It's probably still running like an older version of Windows or something like that. And there's a kind of a bad printer as well. Uh, you can see, do you have family, we'll say? You want to say there's Brock has family, we think? He's he's got I mean he's he's his parents and he's probably got a couple of siblings that still live in Arizona but he's got no wife no kids. Okay. He's right. poured his whole life into this shelter. So maybe that's what we see on the walls or or on the desk like we see photos and frames of him with like people from the shelter you know like or or kind of handshaking with like a local politician or something like that or accepting a donation you know you see that here and there. You know, some people are recognizable. Maybe there's some of the workers around here. Maybe you know, I'm not sure if, if you would have allowed yourself to get get photoed or not. But mm-hmm. but you see all that as you look around. Uh, what do you guys want to do? So, to Kyoto, a computer is just a is just a very heavy paperweight. He's <laughs> doesn't even know how to turn one on. So, he's looking at the desk, looking for like posted notes. I mean, he's. In the eight months he's been out, he's very much a straightforward, sees himself as a soldier in, in this shadow war. Uh, and he's not really developed any investigative skills. So, I mean, he's doing the basics. He's looking for a file with the name Shelby on it or a posted note with Shelby on it because he doesn't really know how else to approach this. Sure. Uh, what about you, Alvin? How are you from uh, an investigative standpoint? Oh, yeah, I can do some of that. I can look into what his what to do maybe his list is calendar 
Yeah, we could just say. To. I mean, we could we can make this investigation intelligence or. Uh, I, I mean, I can help because I do have one one pip in investigation. So uh, Alva, yeah. Yeah. Alva, can you can, I. I I don't know how to do this stuff, Alvin. I, please help me find him. Yeah, so I'll take a look in the computer, pull up whatever I can. Okay, go ahead and oh, roll investigation uh, intelligence, I guess. And you get one extra die from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how are we doing the rolls? It's like that macro, right? So you click mm-hmm. the macro, and then your total dice pool. So you add your intelligence dots to your investigation skill dots, plus one for, for Kyote giving you a hand. All right. And we'll say, uh, yeah, usually two. I think two is fine. I think that's uh, three success. Okay. All right. So you start kind of on the computer. You kind of get through. Uh, it's, you know, you could tell it's it's password protected, but at the same time, you go through a couple of the drawers. You can see the passwords written on a post-it note somewhere on the inside, so it's not particularly well hidden. And it looks to be it's just the name of the homeless shelter. That's all it is. Uh, so it's pretty easy to get into. Um, so you start kind of digging through uh, some, uh, some of the, the files on there. You dig through some of the others. Um, you notice that... You notice a few things, actually. Um, you probably, I would say, since you're on his computer, you pop up like the you know browser, get into his Gmail because his Gmail like auto logs in and everything. Not the most secure place in the world. And you can see that like there's like he's been doing, you know, he's been sending out emails. There's a lot of like standard stuff like where he's sort of trying to solicit new donations he's trying to kind of get people to buy you know this or that like kind of trying to get new equipment for like the kitchen or he's you know trying to get people to to do some repairs you know on the cheap something like that uh but you do notice uh there's a few things uh one is that he has been in contact uh with the police uh for so you can tell that he's he's been trying to communicate with them um, some of that kind of pops up in like these post-it notes here and there. Some of it comes back on what looks like not so much Gmail, but like a, like a Google voice number or, v, you know, one of those things pops up and he's been trying to contact them because he wants them to look into some missing regulars. And there's a, like, you know, there's a couple different names and one of them is Shelby. Um, but from what you can tell, the police have kind of like shot that down. It's not a priority. Almost folks go missing all the time, that kind of thing. Um, you also notice that uh, he's been he's been doing when you kind of look at his sort of search history. He's been looking into a company. You can see there's a lot of like these old searches, and you get these bookmarks here and there called Valley MedCore. And there's specifically, as you're looking at his desk, you can see that there's a business card, like sitting there right on his desk. It says Valley Medcore, and there's a name, Wendell Drebin. And he looks like he's been kind of going through it. And if you follow some of the, you know, some of the the websites, you start kind of going through them and reading them. You can see that there, it, it, there's some kind of uh, like healthcare on wheels service system and they like kind of go to different parts of the valley they've got this kind of big old bus where they you know they they kind of do basic checkups they you know kind of do you know vaccine flu vaccine stuff like that um and so they have like a different list of things that they that they do uh and then there's you know kind of pictures here and there like really generic pictures of them 
you know, what looks like near the Capitol, you know, the Capitol building here, or they're kind of, you know, at you know, this shelter there, or like this other spot, you know, somewhere where downtown, like there's a handful of these like up on the about page and their mission is just to sort of, you know, bring healthcare, you know, you know, bring healthcare to those who don't have it is kind of their, their general, the general thing that they're looking for. This is all I can find, because I'm about a medcore contact with the police. And uh, so Rust has no personal boundaries. He has no frame of reference for human social interaction. So he just grabs the back of Alvin's neck in what he thinks is a very, you know, friendly gesture and kind of squeezes a little bit, puts his head down right next to your shoulder. He's like, thank you, soldier. You don't know what this means to me. And then he pulls back. <laughs> uh, I, I was almost reflexively about to do like a judo move on him, but I've known Russ for quite a while now. Yeah, maybe you feel like the muscles tense up, but like you don't go into like as if you're about to, as if he's about to, but you know, you know better. Like it's just like that instinct there, like the, the muscle memory of just like tensing up at that moment. But everything kind of settles at that point. Okay. So we'll say that round, like everyone kind of reunites at a certain point. You come back into the room, you know, into the sort of the main room. You've gone through some of the office. You've talked to a couple of these people out here. You have a a handful of bits of information. Imagine you kind of exchange. Where do we go from here? Uh, I mean, if they mention Valley Medcore, uh, Elaine would look up to see if it matches any of these locations that we were told about if it's nearby any of them okay uh so yeah you want to just do you want to just do like a basic like a basic internet search no problem you can get the kind of the same the same same bit uh there looks like they have headquarters like way to the west their headquarters isn't central like isn't like the central city area of phoenix it's off to the west you can tell it's several miles west of of i-17 uh, and they're kind of attached to, you know, like there's like a, a whole little like sub area with like a hospital. And then there's like um, there's there's like a mental health facility and a few other things. They're kind of in that this little little, little quadrant of town. Uh, but it's nowhere near the three locations that you got from the people you talked to. Your three locations are all within walking distance of the of the shelter. Like and by walking distance, I mean, you can probably get there within, you know, a half an hour walking. Uh, so it's not. Yeah. Elaine, can you can you can you call them and find out where their where their health van, health truck was tonight or is? Maybe that'll be near one of these locations. Let's see if there's one in the area. Yeah, I'll give them a call. Okay, so you call Ooh. up. Go ahead, Maria. You're going to say something. Oh no, go ahead. All right. Uh, so yeah, you you. Do you call the number like on the website or do you call like the number on the business card? Because there are two different things. Like the business card for that Wendell, um, the Wendell guy or there's the Wendell Drebin or the website that Alvin was able to pull up. I'll probably call the website, but then um, I'll point for Maria to call like like as I hand her the card or whatever. If we have if we snagged it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you call the number uh, and you get just kind of an automated response. Uh outside normal service hours uh, again it's like at this point it's roughly nine o'clock or so at mm-hmm. night uh, so your outside normal service hours gives like like you know call tomorrow so like the number you know 
contact again at seven o'clock if it's a if it's an emergency they're like we encourage you to dial 911 you know the kind of the usual spiel um but otherwise they'll be active again and then it'll go through uh like like this whole like dial process and like you can kind of push some buttons and you can get a schedule of where their stops will be for tomorrow uh, and so you can kind of see that there's a handful of stops all throughout like the downtown Phoenix area. Um, none of them correspond to the specific locations, uh, but there is like if you, you know, if you're if you're kind of, you know, if you're kind of looking at it a little bit more closely, if you're trying to like um, map out. Whether or not the van, you can definitely tell that the van, if if this is a common route, it's pretty near all. Like it'll it'll hit near all of them to some degree. Like you can tell okay. that the 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 like the railway hub, like there's a stop nearby uh, where there is like this where they sometimes do um, what's it called like a food truck, uh, kind of a food truck event. Like they'll do that sometimes, and that's that's within two blocks of the railway station. Uh, the sewer, like the sewer place, not so much because that's mostly just sort of industrial, um, definitely near the homeless shelter that you're at currently. And then, uh, on the cemetery area, there's a park that kind of is across from the cemetery, uh, that, that, that the, uh, the van will actually go by as well. So Elaine will mark that out and she'll be like, so it's kind of near, but it's not exactly there, obviously, but there, it stops nearby. Does it list like the time that it stops by there? Yeah, you can tell, you can tell that there's like a morning stop and they're essentially there for like, you know, four, like a, like a four hour. Mm-hmm. And then they'll like, there's a break. And then there's another, like in the second half of the day, there's another four hour stop. And so they basically have these two shifts of four hours throughout the day so elaine would prioritize like the later in the day one whichever location that's closest to okay that this is for tomorrow by the way this is like tomorrow's schedule oh okay it's not okay elaine's presuming like it's like a Mm -hmm. daily kind of thing it's possible they i mean that they it more than likely with the way these things work they go to the same places over the course of like a, a you know an interval it could be a week it could be two weeks but they'll they'll hit the same spots yeah okay but yeah, every one of the locations that you got, there is a stop for this this med van very close, like within a couple blocks. Something for us for tomorrow. So Marie is calling the uh, Wendell Trevin. Phone okay. Uh, okay. You the so the phone rings a bit. And it'll it comes up to a voicemail, and you can hear it kind of go through the automated voicemail top, and then it says, and then you'll hear his voice kind of come on, and it just says, uh, it "says Doctor Wendell Drebin," and then it goes back to automation. So it kind of he's a doctor of some kind, and then you hear the beep, and then it kind of comes on for him. Um, Maria will probably hang up. Um, and try okay. him again. Okay. So I don't actually know if he's a good guy or not. We just know that there is a card for him. So she doesn't want to identify anything yet. Um, and then Maria will kind of share with Rust like all the locations that we gathered from the folks out front. What do you think? The, the cemetery? It seems like we've gotten everything we can here. 
hitting the road might be the best option. Which one we, was we, it? We've got to move. We've got to move. We've got to find him. Curious if Brock's phone still gives a signal, or if... I don't know if we'll try that yet. I, uh, I would presume Russ probably called. You probably called the number back at some point, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it, just no answer. He didn't answer. He hasn't answered. I, I, I barely know how to use this thing. I, I'm sorry. We have a, we have a lane here. There's a way to track phones. Do you know one? Uh, I mean, I mean, I can give you his number. How? I don't know. Personally, <laughs> it's okay if ha- Ashley does doesn't know how to iPhone? do it. It's okay. Yeah. You can, you, this is definitely a test. So this is the type of thing that we could do a test. Don't worry. I don't care if you know the proper tracking apps or anything like that, or how you can like hack into like, you know, a phone's GPS or whatever. That doesn't matter. We'll, we're just going to, by the magic of our imagination. Uh, however, I do think this is going to be. Uh, I, don't, I don't have my laptop. I can't, I can't do that here. <laughs> Well, then let's just move. There was one location that they were more nervous about than the other locations. Maybe we'll start there. That sounds good. Let's go. And while we're while we're in the van, um, Rust would call um, uh, sister um, sister Isabel LeBlanc. Okay. Like sister. Don't know if uh, you'll hear my voice again. Not sure what's going on. If you don't hear from me, we're uh, we're looking into Valley Medical Corps. Maybe a Dr. Wendell Drebin. Missing homeless people. Thought you should know, just in case. Okay, just look. Are you looking to leave a voicemail? Or are you looking to try yeah, to get in yep. touch with it? Okay, all right. That's so we'll it. say, yeah, voicemail kicks up. No problem. And that, that Maybe, goes through. And then he just says, uh, new number on Tuesday, left in the old's place, because he breaks his burners every week. Sure. Okay. All right. Do you just give us your number, or do you also leave it in a place for us to find? He gives it to you. He gives it to you when he sees. (laughs) (laughs) I would love it where I have to, like, go to, like, some cactus (laughs) in the desert. What a weird Uh, we did some very creative dead drops for our Delta Green Impossible Landscapes game. I remember we this. Did. This was fun. Uh, Ashley, did you want to roll something? You can roll a tech check. I have no problem. I mean, I'm going to set the difficulty. At, I'm going to set it at probably... Um, I would set it... If if you don't have like your actual equipment, I would say maybe challenging. Uh, so what it is... Would, that's four. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, could I do like intelligence technology? Yeah, that's exactly what I would probably ask for, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, give that a roll and we'll see how that goes. Uh, two successes, yeah, two successes. Um, okay, uh, two, so like you don't, you don't pass, but what I can do is I can give you a uh, I can give you a success like with consequence, right? It's one of those things where like I can say you pass, but there's like a, a negative to it in some way. So we can do that. Or I can just kind of give you like incomplete information. Um, so 
what I could say is that you can't necessarily locate the phone, but you do get, you can kind of narrow it down from a, a, a cell tower ping. And so you can tell that there's the way the sort of cell towers mm-hmm. are situated around the city that anything kind of west of the 17, I think it's the 17. Let me double check. Let me, anyway, anything west of uh, the 17. You're directions and it means absolutely <laughs> nothing to here. me. You live here. You live here. Come on. Okay, anything west of the 17 uh, is on a, would probably ping off a different tower. Anything yeah. east of the 17, so it's pinging off to east tower. So what is likely, what will let you conclude is that the cemetery... He, his phone, you know, the, the most recent yeah. activation of the phone was not in the cemetery. Is that it was it was east of is east of the seventeen. So you've narrowed okay. it basically. Yeah. So that's what she'll say is yeah. So we're we're not gonna worry about the the cemetery. He's paying from here. I mean, I did kind of sloppy, so hopefully nobody noticed that I was accessing that. But we'll see. I don't understand the magic you do, Elaine, but I'm so thankful for you. So Maria is driving to the uh, railway off the 19th. Okay. Was, uh, so was the Greenwood, was that the cemetery? Yeah, Greenwood Cemetery. Okay. These these places are loosely based off of real locations. They're not, yeah. like, it's not perfect because, you know, I couldn't keep that up probably if I even tried. Okay. So, so where are we headed? So we're headed to the railway off of 19th. Okay. So, yeah, you head to BNSF. It's BNSF Railway, and this is a hub. Uh, and you can tell that it's with the, you know, there's there's plenty of, there's there's tons of tracks. There's just sort of intersection of tracks here and there. You can see that there are, um, it's very, it's a kind of sort of commercial as well. Like, but there's different lines that kind of come through here. So this isn't, this isn't just like, you know, kind of, commuter trains or anything like that this is you know industrial trains and things as well so they're all kind of connecting uh here and there um and would we say like like i assume you're probably trying to kind of park at a distance and sort of work your way up together is, is that is that fair to say yeah i would imagine that there's probably like a decently empty strip mall probably like an older mm-hmm. um place like that that we can kind of park the van and walk yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, we'll say, yeah, especially that area. There's probably, there's actually, there's probably a construction site just to the north. Uh, you can tell, dead for the night. You can probably park there, and it's a five minute walk south. Now you can tell that there does seem to be activity at the hub. There do seem to be people here. Could be security, uh, most likely, or just some late night workers and things that are kind of still working around here. Uh, you don't see any kind of like active trains currently, but you definitely see plenty that are in park. Like, and then this this place is fairly big. Like, you can tell that this hub is is several uh, several uh, we'll say thousand square feet, probably more than that uh, in, in terms of size. Uh, there is like a, a centralized um, kind of office building area, and it looks like there's sort of a, a like, like the train platform area where like kind of can people can some you know can kind of board in some locations and then there's other places that have, that the trains have been kind of parked off uh, kind of to the western side uh, of the hub itself but there are people moving about it doesn't look like this is like open for business though so what's your approach here how do you want to go about doing this 
would Rust know where the where the homeless would be staying in this area? Yeah, it sounds like something you probably would have familiarity with. Um, like a streetwise role or something? I'll take sure. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Uh, streetwise, probably intelligence. Sure. I think. Uh, for you, make this pretty routine. So. Yeah, we'll say, yeah, this is routine. Oh, the other thing we can start doing, uh, I keep forgetting to do this, is that we can do things like take half and everything as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are a couple rules, options to kind of speed things up as we... This is our first time playing, obviously, so we're going to get a few things. But there's automatic wins. We'll use that. In a situation this, a situation like this roll here would probably have been perfect for it. If your dice pool is two times the difficulty of the test, you automatically pass. And so if I set the difficulty at two, your four pool would have been enough. Nothing. Yeah, you roll three, so you're good either way. Uh, and then there's like take half. Taking half is a lot like taking 20, I think, and taking 10 in Starfinder, Pathfinder. Uh, the difference there is that I don't necessarily tell you the difficulty and you just like hope tell me enough. what your pool is. Yeah, and you just hope you get enough. And then based upon what you tell me, like that'll kind of how I, I nav- navigate it. But with an automatic win, it's like I tell you the difficulty is you have the pool and you're good to go. So yeah, you would know that they're on the, so the, the western side of the hub because like the the most active area of this hub the railway hub is the eastern side that's where the office buildings are that's where the offices themselves are that's where the train platform is for anyone who's coming down here with like an actual transport train as opposed to industrial train but you would you would know that it's the kind of the industrial lines on the west side which backs up against these like really old rickety fences that you would know there's plenty of holes and tears in them that goes into some of the other industrial parks uh, and construction sites. So likely they're over by those fences and they're in some of the older, more stationary trains that are there for a while and people will probably find some kind of shelter in there. That's likely where they would be. If he was looking for Shelby out here, he'd have started over on the west side. That's where most of the street people would either be crashing in the old... Well, rail cars are in and out some of that dilapidated area there. I have been over in this area myself, but but I know that's where some people hole up. Maybe if we track back along that route, we might be able to pick up something. Yeah, move makes on. sense. Could probably do this uh, somewhat stealthily, try to see if we can find some tracks for something that looks like running. Okay. Um, right. We gotta we gotta be prepared for an ambush, soldiers. Let's let's move with care. So we could do I mean we could do two different things. We can do two different roles and you can guys can someone could take the lead on these. Uh we could do a stealth roll. So someone can take the lead and kind of like stealth like gaining sort of covert access to the area without kind of drawing attention to yourselves. Uh I feel like survival test sounds like a reasonable uh or investigation like survival or investigation to me for, for finding, you know, any, you know, anything else, like any tracks or any groups that might be hiding here, something like that. Um, awareness probably wouldn't be a bad skill to roll either, uh, for that same, like, if you're just like looking for anybody around here. Uh, so those are things that you could probably be, be tasked with doing. So if somebody wants to lead on those. Yeah. Russ has got a three in survival. So, I mean, he's, he's good at living, living out in the, 
streets and finding his way through things. So that's probably how he would be approaching it. Yeah, Maria would be focused on investigation. So I'll say, okay, so you're doing investigation. uh, And so you're basically looking for any sort of signs of something being out of place. We'll say investigation is probably signs of out of place. Survival is probably signs of other people, like signs Mm -hmm. of like you're looking specific. I think that that's a good way to distinguish those two. Alvin, Elaine, anything you two want to do? Um, I've got general awareness. I'll scan the area as best I can. Okay, just sort of kind of keeping an eye out for danger. Okay. Uh, so then I guess I can do the stealth roll. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so I'll say for the stealth roll, uh, I'm not going to give you a difficulty. Just roll it and let me know what it okay. is because uh, it'll potentially be a contest against others' uh, awareness rolls. Uh, and then for the rest of you, uh, I would say straightforward. Two successes is probably all I would need. Um, it's dark, still kind of stormy, so it's complicating things just a little bit. Uh, and I'm totally fine with automatic successes in this case. So if you do have a pool that's higher than that, let me know. Uh, so his his survival, uh, rust survival, intelligence, or survival wits, either one is a pool of five. Okay, so so that, I can do automatic success. Yeah, you'll automatically have that, sure. Okay, Melissa already rolled and rolled really well, so you got four successes. Okay. Uh, all right. I also uh, have a five pool. I have a five auto. pool, but I've got it's a hidden roll, so actually, I only got one success. Actually, Alvin, go ahead and roll yours because yours is more like kind of general right. danger. Okay, so three. And then, what was your stealth roll, Elaine? Uh, I got one success with five dice. Now, the other thing you can do, uh, if you want, you don't have to, you can burn a willpower after the roll to re-roll three dice. Willpower, it would be superficial damage. So willpower is essentially mental damage, and then there's health, which is physical damage. And so if you if you burn a willpower this way, you would make, uh, it, would be a, it would be superficial damage, which comes back a little easier than aggravated stuff. Um, you so, know what? Let's do let it. You re-roll three. Let's okay, try cool. it. Nice. We're learning. Exactly. So three dice. Oh no. Just as bad. <laughs> okay. So still just the one still. Okay. Maybe Elaine's really thrown off because she's still really uncomfortable and in like her workout gear. And like you know, she's still okay. sweaty and sore from the gym and now she's trying to be stealthy. More than once Mr. Ponder calls you and you can hear your your phone very loudly <laughs> vibrate. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm just getting a few rolls in order. Uh, your investigation was really good, right? You had like a, you had like four, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I keep rolling tens, but I haven't gotten a pair of tens yet. Yeah. So that's how crit- that's what critical is in this game. You have to get a pair of tens. Okay. So this 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 is how we're gonna play out these rolls. So the four of you, uh, you try to kind of care. You 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 keep a wide berth from the office building right because that seems to be where the most activity is there's lights you can see there's flashlights that are moving about there's there's people who are actively doing things here um you can see that there's emergency lights that are on by where it looks like the 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 train platforms are uh but it doesn't look like there's a huge crowd there's maybe you know half a dozen people milling about maybe more that you can't see but roughly like that you so you keep a wide berth you kind of swing south a little bit you find a way 
kind of through the fences a bit uh, and you kind of get onto the grounds themselves. You can see that this area is, is definitely a turnaround area for Trimmer. They back in, they kind of reset and they kind of switch tracks and there's just like a dozen different intersecting rail tracks. Uh, plenty of cars that seem to be set up. A few of them, uh, it looks to be, haven't, you, you would guess, probably haven't moved in quite some time. Um, some of them looks to be filled actually with goods, like they haven't been unloaded yet. Others look to be completely empty. As you're moving through, um, Alvin, one of the things you notice uh, is that there are a couple people uh, moving about, like doing security rounds and so with your awareness of three you can see that there's two two uh two groups of like security stealth you know not uh, security guards that are moving about uh but each group is one one person and they have like a dog as well and so like you can see they they got kind of dogs on leashes here and there and um periodically as you kind of very carefully with your one stealth doing the best you can shushing your phone as it goes off uh, you can hear, you can see the dog's head kind of tilt as if it heard something, but you can also tell that the security guy doesn't really seem like he cares too much. He's kind of got his phone out. He's kind of flipping through things as he's walking one hand, kind of, kind of letting the dog go, you know, on the leash, the other hand, kind of looking at his phone. And so you're able to avoid detection, but you know, they're there. And so any kind of commotion could potentially draw them. Uh, with two survival uh, Kyote, you you certainly find more than likely a handful of bits of graffiti here and there that kind of have that sort of point. They sort of point to friendly areas, uh, places where people might congregate. But when you get to there, uh, you can see that there's this old. It likely was some kind of tool shack or sort of supply shack that doesn't really seem to be used anymore, but people have likely been shacking up inside of it. Uh, but you, you peek inside, and there's no one there, which is actually kind of odd. Like, you would consider that very peculiar uh, because with a storm that just hit, people would people aren't going to be picky about where they can kind of, you know, kind of get some cover. And there's absolutely no one here whatsoever. And then Maria, as Quixote is inside the shack looking around, Alvin's keeping an eye out, uh, Elaine doing her best to shut her phone off. Um, Maria, you you actually notice something on the ground, uh, kind of underneath the edge of what looks like an open cart. And as you move over, you see it's a phone. Uh, so Maria's going to go over to it um, and pick it up. See if it's still got a charge. Uh, yeah, you pick it up. It's There's like a bar left. Uh, obviously, it wants like a sign-in. Um, like when you, you kind of flip it up. Uh, we'll say that when you, when, you, when you open it up, it's a smartphone. It's older model. But when you open it up, you can see that it has... Like a kind of a, a pixelated image of a photo you just saw as you were inside the homeless shelter. You saw a framed photo of like what looks like volunteers and regulars within the shelter and Brock Davies. And you can see that same photo is on this phone. You would surmise it's probably his phone. 
Uh, so I am going to look around and quickly get over to uh, Rust. I think I think this is what we're looking for. I think he was here, and Maria will hand the phone over. Where'd you find this? Uh, just just right there, right by the open door. You should try calling it. See if see if this. this uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I, and so he, uh, he'll, uh, he'll dial the number of yep. rocks, and it goes off, and you can see it pops up. Uh, it's it's his phone. I don't, I don't know how to do anything with it. Can you, can you see what else he was doing? Uh, so I'll try to see if I j- can just answer it, since it was ringing, and see if I can. Yeah, you can answer it. I don't think that would still let you, since I don't think it let you talk. I'd probably let you answer, but I don't think it actually let you access apps or anything like that on the phone. Yeah, it's probably locked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would hand the phone over to Elaine. Is there anything you can do with this? I mean, what do we know about him? Like, I could, I could guess a password, but like, I can't. I'm not home. I can't break into it. Uh, the the shelter's his whole life. I mean, maybe, I don't know, the address of the shelter or I, I don't know. Did, didn't you didn't you guys get into his computer? Oh, I, I, I did not. Alvin, Alvin did. He's a genius. <laughs> it was just the name of the shelter, but if it's a passcode, I don't know what it would be. And so, uh, if you just want to try to guess, I'll say this is going to be an in because this is more about kind of trying to guess his password and like yeah. who he is. I would say insight wits. Insight probably makes the most sense, right? I've I'm, obviously I'm open to other Ooh. things. That would be and a I would I would put the difficulty though. This is going to be a little bit harder. I'll put this at challenging. Since I have one pip in insight, and I know Brock, could yeah. I assist her? Absolutely, I think that makes sense perfectly. So, so you get seven. <laughs> Bastard is Faster one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> uh, four successes. We got a, and a crit. crit. Got a first crit. Okay, you do. In, so, so crits Six in this successes. game. When you roll a pair of tens, okay, not only do you get a success for each one of the ten like normal, but you get two extra successes on top of it. So you have the four successes that we see plus the two for the crit. And then crits, just like any other game, when something crits, you kind of try to, you know, make it nicer in the fiction, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, so first try, uh, you kind of you put, the, you know, you put the, the password in and it pops open. And the first thing you see is a, is a grainy photo. It's like it's like this was you could see it like it's it's right there. It's like it's one of the other apps that was open. He has, has his phone up. He had taken a photo, some sort of like grainy photo in. You can tell it was kind of taken in the middle of the dust storm, like outside. And it's really hard to see. And you can tell that he was here because you can see the what looks like these familiar train cars. And you see a, a a figure like a on top of one of the train cars. And they have what looks like some kind of 
uh, you would probably recognize it as like a like a kind of a military jacket of some kind, maybe a pilot, like some sort of like heavy. It, it was not nothing formal, uh, but it definitely has that kind of look to it. Um, but it's fairly baggy. Uh, you can't make out like the face of the person. They're kind of turned ever so slightly, uh, but there is kind of a vagueness to it here and there. Arms kind of lanky, but you know, it could just be a, a fairly skinny skinny person but you can tell like the clothes are fairly baggy on them and you can you can see that they're up on top of the train cars in the, in the area as the wind and the dust is kicking around and Elaine will kind of like show that to Coyote and be like uh is this is this that jacket that you're saying that Shelby tends to wear uh, I don't know I it's hard to tell on that photo. Uh, does that look like something I would recognize? Or, uh, I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I think we established earlier that you didn't know Shelby. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but you would. I think you could recognize it. You would be able to recognize it as a as a military jacket. But beyond that, like, you wouldn't know for certain. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't know Shelby. I don't. I don't. I mean, I know she wore a military jacket, but. Uh, what the I hell is she doing know. on top of a train car? There might be photos back in his office of different people. That mm-hmm. might be a way to confirm it, but it doesn't help you right now. Can we can we track back to where this train car is from this photo and maybe look around there? Do we do we looking around? Do we see that train car? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly move around and look and, and sort of take an assessment. Yeah. Is there anything else that I can find on his phone? Yeah, you go through and similar to, you know, the 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 PC that that Alvin was going through. You kind of, you know, you get some some sort of searches here and there. You also have what looks like numbers. Like you look at his call history, uh, you can see that he called, you know, Quixote. But you can see like other numbers that he has saved. You know, it looks like a lot of the other people who work at the shelter. Um, you recognize one number. Uh, because Maria dialed it earlier tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Wendell Drebin, that number uh, that pops up, um, you can see that popped up a couple a couple days ago, uh, and then you also notice that there is a number for a detective. Uh, yeah, there's a number for a detective that'll pop up because it actually is is entered in DET. And it says uh, uh, Emerson Villafranco. Uh, and you can see that there's a couple, you know, that, that, that number shows up a couple times. Okay. The, the Dr. Uh, Drebin, was that incoming or outgoing? Like he called Dr. Drebin? It was outgoing. It was him? outgoing, okay. yeah. Uh, and I would say... I would say it actually had a duration to it as well. Like yours, like you got a voicemail and you didn't talk. It looks like in the call, in the call records, the call history, like there was like a, a good 15 minute conversation. And then the calls with the detective were both ways, like in Yeah, both ways. And like a couple of them, you can tell were hit or misses. They were voicemails. A couple of them were longer conversations here and there. Um, but you can, and these go back what looks like 
a couple weeks actually like like it, it, you can tell that these conversations have likely been going on whatever they were have been going on for a couple weeks Maria will look over to Alvin um, and just say like uh, I don't know that I'm much for climbing up there but I'm gonna get up there and see if you see anything yeah not much down here I'll take a higher point just be, be careful of those guards Okay. Alvin, you start climbing up. Those of you that are in the shack, however, you do notice that the shack has definitely been lived in. Like, there's been, you can tell that there's people who have made this place home here and there. And you have more of like the graffiti and stuff that are in here. It looks, uh, it looks a mess, but it looks a mess in a way that is, uh, that lacks kind of a, um, kind of a logic to it right so like if, if any of you have ever you know you know kind of gone to a, like a kind of a downtown sort of run of like a like a like a homeless village and stuff there's like a logic to it you know in in, in times and so you can tell like there's specific places where, where people have kind of set up like it definitely looks like stuff has kind of been knocked over here and there it doesn't so much ring and i'm just going to roll over like the investigation from, from before and the survival you guys can piece this together it doesn't really ring like like a, the sense of like a fight it doesn't really look like there's like a lot of like huge blood stains or anything like that but you can tell like something happened here um but the other thing you notice is there's there's a like a, a book on the ground it's like a sketchbook. You can see it's the the spine itself is is kind of ripped, um, and you can tell that. I guess you start sort of as you open it up, you can tell it looks to be some kind of sketchbook here and there. And for like the first like seven eighths of the book, it's actually a pretty good sketchbook like it's like you could tell whoever was using this had a good eye and it was in its people and it's people and it's you know street corners things like that like it's like someone has been watching and sketching what they see as they as they kind of sit around but then there is a stark contrast for like the last eighth the last handful of pages that are filled and there's a couple others that are blank where you just see something shifted and it looks like there's shadows of people like kind of it looks like depth perception is is sort of gone it looks like there's every one of the depictions there's no longer just the mundane day it is now something violent it is like crime scene it is someone being attacked it's a hulking figure uh, you can see someone cowering. You can see someone kind of covering their head in pain. And you can also tell that the quality of those sketches has drastically gone down. Like it is, it is nowhere near as good. Like the no good, the depth perception is no good. The shading, the penciling in is off here and there. Everything's grayscale. It's as if like someone's trying to shade in a specific section, but they're missing. And it's kind of off to the right or off to the left. Like, it's not quite where it should be. When looking at the uh, the earlier pictures versus the later ones, even though the later ones are very different quality, 
based on the the penciling and the strokes, does it look like it was the same person who did the sketches, or? Hmm. Um, is there like an art thing in here? Do we have an art skill or something? Um, trying to see if there's like an art. I think that might be under craft. 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 That might be like a specialty under craft. I'll take a craft, uh, like intelligence, uh, and I'll put this at like a difficulty, I don't know, two. Okay. So, yeah, he's looking. He doesn't know what he's looking at uh, or looking for, really. He's just trying to piece it together because his craft is zero and he's not the brightest uh, ball. <laughs> Somebody else's can help as well. Don't forget about that. Okay. No. Uh, you can always spend a willpower to roll the four if you wanted. Um, no, it's okay. This would be yeah. something he would fail on hard. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, I mean, you, you're that's your that's certainly your hunch, but it's the, the evidence. It's hard to say whether it just like whether your hunch is justified. Uh, maybe you know if you get it to a, somebody who's a little bit more of you know skilled in assessing art, they might be able to make that conclusion for you. Maria Lane, you see this? I I can't tell. I mean it. It goes from being really good art to, I don't know, something like one of my nightmares at the end there. I can't, I can't make anything of it, though. I don't know. And I'm, I'm guessing you looked for the obvious, you know, initials or did they sign it or anything like that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't. I was, uh, I, I got kind of caught in the pictures. That's a good idea, though. <laughs> I will say because I don't want to make him look like an idiot. No, there's no, there's no. They're, they're not signing it. Yeah, that would be funny, but no. Uh, it's always the kind of thing he'd miss. I mean, he, it's he comes from such a different world. He's still trying to figure out how to live in this one. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Elaine. Elaine will snap a few pictures of him uh, of each page. Sure. Uh, on her phone, and. Could I do like an occult roll to see if anything coincides that I would notice? Like maybe hit like symbol or some like in the imagery. Like if it's like representative of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'll just again. I'll just make this difficulty two. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward. I'm, str- uh, I'm strong in a cult, so I could I could aid you with you that. Lend an aid, yeah. As, as you're would all, it be looking, yeah. wits or intelligence? Uh, I think wits is like quickness, like quick, like you have, you're quick witted, like it's like so it's something yeah. that happens fast. Intelligence is just knowledge, I think. So I think this case is probably intelligence, maybe. Okay, I'm out of five. That's how I'm making yeah. it work. Uh, you're out of five, so yeah. Uh, between the two of you, there's nothing in here that suggests anything that you would. You would, that you would associate with any kind of known like hunter quarries that you've had. Nothing that suggests okay. uh, like anything from like site of Saint Leopold or uh, any other cult cult uh, symbology, anything like that. Okay. Okay. So yeah. while the three of you are in here, Alvin's been climbing up a cart, uh, one of these train cars. Alvin, he gets to the top, and as you're up here. You look around, and the first thing you notice is that one of the dogs is running free, uh, a good you know fifty yards away. It's kind of in the dark, but there's some you know some lingering light here and there. But it's very very dark. 
but you can see him running free and he's kind of like just like running like a bat out of hell back towards the offices I'll just tell the others downstairs that the dog has caught something I'm going to follow it and I'll try to chase while on top of these train cars if possible okay so you're running along the train cars okay and you're trying to chase the dog the dog is like all, like like it's like it's leash is still it's like it's leash is trailing him and it's like running as fast as it can in a direction where, where was its handler Alvin I'll point out where it was yeah you kind of have a vague idea based upon where they were but you're looking around and from up here you're like you're looking and you're looking and I'll say from up top you do actually notice um of uh, like a shadow a figure you can see like the like you can see the light from like a cell phone like the cell phone screen is kind of imbuing it ever so slightly and you can see that there's like two legs on the ground that's kind of partially obscured by like the cart like the train car itself and it's just kind of there and the legs are kind of twitching see if I can make my way over Okay. Uh, are you running I as fast s- as you can, or are you doing this in a stealthy manner? I'm not really stealthy, so I'll just go as okay. quick pace. All right. So you shout down. You're up top. You shout. You like you. You well. I'm not, you don't necessarily shout like it, <laughs> but you let them know. So it, it's communicated. What are the three of you doing? Yeah, Maria's like you guys are looking at the air stuff. I want to see what Alvin's up to, and so she's gonna. Okay. Exit and try to track where he went. Okay, along. The, are you on the ground and you're yeah. just kind of like pacing him yeah. from the ground? All right. Kyoti yep. uh, and Elaine. Uh, I know you've been looking at the art, but you're but you, you're aware of this happening. So, you, what, what would the yeah, team I'll, be doing? I've already taken my pictures. I'm gonna go. Yeah, Rust would. Uh, he'd be quietly trying to stealth around, try to you know box out a little bit and come at mm-hmm. the site from a different angle. Okay. Uh, so, go ahead and roll stealth. Uh, roll it like normal and just let me know what you got. Uh, Stealth and dex? Uh, yeah. And anybody else who wants to stealth, I know you said no, Alvin, but if anybody else wants to, uh, go ahead and let me know uh, what you roll. Two successes. Okay. That's funny. That's the total number of dice that I'm rolling. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. Uh, one success as well. So I'm just trailing right. behind Maria. Okay. I'll say, Elaine, Maria, you two are kind of pacing. You're behind Alvin. You're ways behind. You're kind of moving up more closely. Alvin's the furthest ahead. Uh, he's also not moving up stealthily, so he's going to be there first. Kyoto, you're you're taking a kind of a wider berth, and you're trying to, to box this, uh, you know, trying to come from a different angle, basically. Okay. So, uh, Alvin, you get up close. You're still on top. And you have, you get to the edge, you're, you're, you're moving without any real care for noise. And you can hear your boots on the top of this train. Thump, 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 thump. You start hearing the sounds of a dog barking, that very dog that you saw, like just bolt away. And it's like, and you can hear it's half barking, like half yelping, like something's wrong with it. And when you look down, you can see it's not just two legs that you see twitching as if like with the toes pointed up in the air, but you see there is another 
figure on top of that, on top of those legs, which are twitching, twitching, twitching. And you can see that there is this heap of cloth on the ground, like a coat that's just kind of spread on the ground. And as you look, you see this, the back, it's not clothed. It's whatever this is. They're not wearing, like, the, it's like they, almost like they shed the coat itself. Like they had this coat and now it's fallen down to the ground. And you instead see it's, it looks like skin, but in this somewhat kind of transparent, like wrapping, almost like a mummy in a way, but instead of it being cloth that's wrapping, it almost seems like skin with these seams between each like row of skin wrap. And you also notice in addition to this, like these lanky arms with these kind of bulbous elbows, you can see the hands are kind of obscured and whoever, whatever this is, you can't really see who it is they're sitting on, but you can conclude it's likely the security guard. But as you're watching, you notice some of the seams just suddenly kind of split apart, almost like an eye opening. And as you watch, you do in fact notice an eyeball begin to sort of push outward from between the seam of skin and then another and another. And you see this body kind of whip around and look up at you and you see a face with no nose, with no mouth. All you see are eyes and skin everywhere. And I think we'll end on that because we are at our two-hour time. <laughs> and we will end right there. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually also have a... I'll show you the picture of it, too, before we before we quit. Yeah, I got a picture of this. So... And the skittering and music. It was perfect. I told you. I, I'm getting to my Delta Green music. This is great. This is great. Uh, let's see. All right, here. I'll show it. I'll show it. This is This is the one from the book. So that's what it looks like in the book. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's horrifying. Yeah. Isn't that great? And yeah. so then I've been playing this week with, uh, oh, what's it called? I've been playing this week with um, Mid Journey, which is like AI art. And you can kind of put in prompts. Oh, what'd you make? And so I was messing around with that. I, was, I wanted to see if I could get something similar to it. And so this is the one that I made. Uh, and I'll show this to you all too. And I, when I say I made it, I put the prompt in. The the AI art did. And so this is what uh, this is what it came up with. Oh my god! Oh, that's oh, that's gross. disturbing. That is wow. what's now staring up at Alvin as he looks wow. down over the side of the card. Okay, that's so horrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, and that is where we, <laughs> we will end our first. Okay. Uh, Proper session of Hunter. Uh, how we like it? We, we we liking it so far? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's awesome. oh yeah, so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad to get a game of this under my belt. I always I always feel better about games after I've you know about running games after I've I've played them at least once or twice. Uh, I really like, right. like. I really feel like I've got a good sense of like all the characters. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I really like that good. too. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love. 
long. You just you put an eight year old, you left an eight year old kid at home alone in the middle of a dust storm. It's okay, I trust her. With- <laughs> Bro. No, so he- no helicopter parenting there. <laughs> None whatsoever. It's like, she's, look, she's got to learn to do this on her own. You know, she's tough. She can handle it. <laughs> I also appreciate oh, the anxiety God. of chat being like, there's a neighbor. There's a neighbor. She knows she can go to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gonna well, someone mentioned like CPS. Of. Like someone's calling. Like that's what's going to happen at some point. <laughs> Alvin's going to get CPS called in. Your wife is going to be so mad when oh, she boy. finds out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so actually, let's do. Do we want to do. So there are questions for advancement we can do really fast. Um, okay. I haven't decided if I wanted to do the questions or if I wanted to do this like, um, yeah, milestone. just sort of, yeah, like a milestone thing. But because this is like our first session, let's just do the questions and then we can kind of figure that out later. So let me, let me pull. I'm just going to minimize this copy. little thing so that it's not continuing. No, no, no. You have to face. stare at it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's it's so fun using like the AI thing, like because it, it gives you all these different options. And like, so all I was doing for a while, it's amazing how many people in that Discord uh, are demented like me. So it's really great. <laughs> like, I was like, stuff was popping up, and like some of our other friends, like uh, like Steven and stuff, and Adam, like we were um, we were sharing our creations. It was it was Where pretty great. This? It's gonna be yeah. my new phone background. I mean, <laughs> people will definitely leave me alone whenever yes. they see me on my phone now. <laughs> Experience points oh. in 82 to 83. Okay. Oh yeah. That'll definitely, that'll definitely lower your charisma. Uh, okay. So there's a couple different ways we would do it. I figure let's just do these, the questions for now, and then we might change it. So um, you get one point for participation. So you get, okay. everyone gets one for that. Uh, perform something remarkable during the session and the whole table's appreciation of the character doing or saying a certain thing. So this is sort of like, does anyone think that somebody or themselves did something like that? That was a pretty something. average session. You know, yeah. Alvin getting that computer logged in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> remarkable? <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah, it's use a skill. Kyoto thought it was remarkable. He's right, like, that's fair. That's like, fair. That's magic. It's absolute magic. Uh, let's see. So that's uh, and then use a skill, edge, or other trait in a clever or critical way. I think you can get it for that. Take it for that for sure, because that was fairly critical. You got some info. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anybody else use a skill in a way that we think gave us some important info or an edge or trait? Uh, getting into the phone, maybe. Or yeah, no. yeah, oh, cool. That I think Kyoto yeah. uh, uh, and Elaine did that together. So yeah, yeah Elaine also kind of did the like triangulation stuff. Uh, and then that's true. Yeah. That was a big deal. That was a yeah. very big deal. The, the triangulating the locations. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then tell me something important your character learned this session. So what is something everyone learned this session? That fucking thing exists. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Only Alvin knows. I know. And He'll he's, never he's be about to be dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and you're still never going to know. No, we did uh, learn that uh, the homeless population, a lot of people have been going missing lately. Something's yep. preying on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's fair. And, and then the other one is like. The police are obviously not uh, invested not in at all so yeah. either they're complacent or just don't care we're not sure yeah. which yeah or so complacent. i feel like everyone can probably take like three just take three xp yeah. uh and then 
Uh, let's see. Experience points. If you have three, you can technically, I think you can spend three right now. Um, you could, the only thing you can really get is a perk or specialty with three experience points. Um, other things are scaled. So like if you have no dots in a skill and you want to get the first level of a skill, you can, you can spend something. This is all on page 82. So if you want to see what you can spend it up, but I'll put some handouts up on the, on foundry as well for us to mess around with, but We'll just say just just to make it even. Everyone's got three for now, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, did uh, everybody right. hit your desire? No, I wasn't no. even able no. to do yeah. anything with my desire. Mine's I mean, a, I could have, but I didn't. Mine's to hunt down a source for a well for a well backstopped ID because currently, you know, he's just a escaped mental health mental mm. uh, health patient with no identification whatsoever. So yeah. No, uh, well, the other just... thing is, it's first session, so I kind of like yeah. force the like the hook on you, you know, the call to yeah, adventure, yeah, yeah, and sure. then it'll kind of spread out from did here. You? Kinda... Really? Did you, Elaine? Did you do something with your? I kind of forced it. What did you do? What was your drive? Um, no, your not desire. my drive. My desire, Sorry, desire. was just yeah. to desire. Yeah, help my neighbor. Oh, my drive overall is to keep the neighborhood safe, but I absolutely didn't. Are my ambition, but I did no, not you, do that very well. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, like desire is supposed to be. You know, you should be, it's be something you could do pretty much every session. Like it's, it's, it should be, it could, so like you're welcome and you're always, you're welcome to change them. Like they're not permanent. If you feel like, okay, well after this session, there's no way I'm going to get this done. So let me go ahead and change it to something that's more reasonable. Yeah, like you can yeah. totally do that mm-hmm. for next session. Ambition, I think. for next is, session is to kill this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, or I mean, something. Or die or to or it, something. you know. <laughs> You are. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, his, I mean, Cody's desire would definitely change to find out what happened to Brock. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm trying to remember if there are any specific rules, but like, I feel like a desire, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't change it mid session. Uh, ambition, yeah, I think, is different, sense. though. Like, but yeah, that's kind um, of long term. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm liking this so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. fun. So much fun. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Melissa knows how much I've been stressing about this all week. Uh all right. So we'll be back in the plan right now is two weeks, I think. Uh so that's the 15th, uh, assuming everyone's available, but we'll we'll you know we'll post about that. Uh so we're gonna be doing this every other Friday. Uh we alternate between this and a mothership game. You can see some of the people here in that. Aaron's not on that one, but we got uh Derek and Steven uh f- who are in some of our other games, they pop into that game instead. Uh, Aaron, what are you doing? Uh, Garblag next week. You got a bunch of games, right? Uh, well, next week. Uh, oh, well, yeah, we got a couple. Thursday. Only got yeah. A, yeah, only got one actually next week. So next Wednesday over in Garblag at uh, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be playing some more Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Fourth Edition. Once upon a time in the old world, uh, where we're in the moot land, helping some halflings find a missing wizard. Or dying trying. And then my wife's birthday's on Thursday. So that's it for me, gaming wise. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be getting a divorce. Exactly. Happy birthday. Thank uh, you. Very nice. She's uh, a, young, a young 51, but don't tell her I told you. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, She's secret. It's, it's, it's okay. There is no evidence that you told us. This hasn't been a recorded. <laughs> Fortunately, she 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 does watches what I do. So there you go. You're in the clear. That uh, let's see. As for us, uh, Ashley hates us and doesn't want to play One Ring with us, so we can't play One Ring no, tomorrow. You're uh, supposed to be on vacation. That was that no. Was I'm sorry. This is all on you. This is uh, Ashley said. Uh, I'd rather not play uh, with you all anymore. Uh, so no. 
no no wondering tomorrow, but you can I will be on Grim and Perilous Plays tomorrow night, uh running heart, so you can kinda catch me there. Uh and then Sunday I'll be on Steam Still Murder, our friend Bert uh has been running Shadow Run for quite a way quite a time now. Uh and so uh we get to hop in that. And then fortunately no holler on Monday. Uh it is fourth of July, so we're mm-hmm. gonna take that off. Uh and then yeah, Wednesday, Defenders, Thursday, Gar Black and We'll be back next Friday with more Mothership. Mothership. Uh, mothership. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Uh, thank you for those of you who are watching this later on VOD or on YouTube. Uh, we're going to go ahead and raid our friends at the Fenders of Cobalt who are currently playing some DCC. Uh, so hang tight, follow the raid, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, you.